Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Car Tech Garage. Uh, Max and I are back with more to drive or not to drive. The cars we love and the cars we don't. Um, what's up, Max? Started off Just there. Excited to, to talk about some cars. <laughs> He's always like this. He's always excited. I don't know. I need to. I need to get a better answer for that, don't I? It's all right. I'll just keep asking you, you just every put me single on point, podcast. I, th- I think you're going to roll with it, and then you just kind of put me on point, and I'm just not ready for it. <laughs> you're like, I'm recording. <laughs> all right, Doing so first up, things. Chevrolet's Camaro. Now, I just want to talk about uh, the 5th and 6th gen, because I think every other Camaro before that is pretty much grandfathered into our to-drive category just because it's an older Camaro. And I have a particular soft spot for F-bodies, even though they're not that great. I know some people are going to hate me for this, but they're they're just not. The F-bodies make uh, a great platform for certain types of racing, just not the types that I'm interested in, but I still love them. Like the WS6 Trans Am and, oh, yeah. and the 4th Gen Camaro SS. I mean, those are just iconic cars. Absolutely love them. The styling of them was just really, really neat, especially back in the day. But we're going to talk about the 5th and 6th generation, the Zeta and Alpha platforms today, right? Okay. Okay. So, I can deal with that. Um all said and done, the Camaro, as it stacks up on paper, is quite a contender for a usable, pretty much daily drivable sports car, muscle car, whatever you want to consider it, because I think now it's kind of taken shape as more than just a brute. Um, you know, the the latest renditions of this car have been pretty good, even from a track standpoint. Um, you know, for instance, them coming out with the track packages on it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're able to get upgraded wheels, tires, brakes, um, everything to really make this car a pretty serious performer, magnetic ride suspension and everything else that was able to come initially on the Z28 when they came out with that first car with an LS7 in it. That's probably my favorite Camaro of all time. And that's where a case like with the Camaro, and this is more me personally, you know, when I look at the older ones, of course, they're, they're iconic cars. Everybody loved them. You know, the Camaro was a muscle car. And then there for a while, it was almost kind of like, hey, you can't afford the Corvette. So we're going to make a car that's kind of close. And really, it was just a, a two door rendition of the rest of their vehicles on the fleet for a short term. Now, of course, you had the SS and you had the top models. Yeah. But to me... It was kind of like, hey, you can't have a Corvette, so here's a Camaro. It's not really great anything. <laughs> well, see, I, where now I'm seeing a lot more of them, and I kind of see them drive down the street, and I'm going, that's a muscle car again. Like, that's that's awesome. I want to drive that. Where they've, as you said, have started adding these kind of sports packages to them to where it's now becoming more of a muscle car to me again yeah. versus the Corvette, of course, well, is a, a tear up. I mean, the new Corvette, or sorry, the new Camaros that, obviously the new Corvette's badass, but the new Camaros, especially if you get it properly fitted, you know, with the upgrades from the factory that turn it into quite the handling machine and track ripper. I mean, these cars offer supercar levels of performance. You can put pump gas in them. You get a warranty as a tried and true 6.2 liter V8. And you also have a back seat. I've always viewed the Camaro as the car that was marketed to guys that really want to drive a Corvette, but they've got kids, you know, they got <laughs> stuff that they got to do. You know, they need to have a little bit of space in their automobile. And, you know, it's one of those things. A Corvette is a car for somebody who either has another car or doesn't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? That's a good way to put it. So that's kind of how I always thought of it. And I, I, I kind of like Camaros. I don't know that I'd spend my money on one, uh, you know, if we're just being honest here, but I really like them. 
I think it's a good car. And, and the newest ones, especially if you go with a V8, I, I really have to harp on the V6s for a second. You yeah. put a direct injection V6 and everything and tell people to go 10,000 miles on, on oil changes. GM, are you crazy? I agree are you crazy? That. Oh yeah, here's a new 3.6 liter V8, uh, V6. It's timing chain driven. It's high compression. It's got variable valve timing. Go 10,000 miles in between oil changes. By the way, there's no import injection, so you're going to have a ton of carbon buildup issues. Have fun removing the intake manifold and cleaning all the carbon buildup off of the intake valves. Have a lot of fun. Thanks. Bye. Here, uh, give me my thirty thousand dollars, and here's a three year warranty. Goodbye. And there's no fun associated with that. You know, at least if you have those problems, but you can have some fun while yeah. driving it. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll warrant That's that. That's the thing. But... so many oil consumption issues. All. <laughs> sorts of carbon buildup, timing change, stretching. The, the six cylinder is just something I would stay away with. Likewise, the new two liter turbo that's in them. I, I just can't trust these, you know, high output turbocharged engines. I mean, it, it's a two liter turbo making 275 horsepower. I know that doesn't seem like a lot in today's realm of horsepower, but the fact of the matter is that's a lot of power to pump out of the size of a, of a Coke bottle, you know? Exactly. And that's where kind of getting back to where, you know, like I know we're talking about the fifth generation, but the fourth generation Camaro to me Mm -hmm. was once again, more of that car that really wasn't a muscle car. And, you know, you look at the fifth generation, they start adding a lot to it and there's a lot more power and it's a lot more like a sports car, a muscle car. Well, they came out, you know, independent rear suspension, whereas the fourth generation F bodies did not have that. And it's a case of where I'm one of those people, unfortunately, and this is the reason why I don't have any nice cars is because I'm not a gambler, but if I'm going to go all in, I'm going all in. I'm going to get the top tier model I can. I'm going to get the most performance that I can. You know, if I'm spending the money, I'm spending the money. And that's where when I see them offering the three six or the two yep. liter turbos, it's kind of like just buy a four door SS or you know something yeah. that's a sedan and then, and you that's look at practical. That, and you even look at the SS model, like the SS Camaro model. You know, you look at that car and you're like, oh man, that's pretty sweet. But they've got the ZL one. Yeah. So am I going to roll around in a non supercharged V eight car? Come yeah. on now. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, there, there's so many steps to this game, and and ultimately you got to pick out something that you can deem reasonable for your budget and mm. fun enough to justify the amount that you're spending on it. And that's where just buying a two liter or a three six Camaro just doesn't, doesn't make sense for make me. Make sense at all? You now know? the six point two liter. Now the the automatic one. I think that has a like an L ninety nine four hundred horsepower V eight. Yeah. Um, but the manual Camaro and, you know, when you upgrade, I can't even remember what the packages are like the LT something package that gives the handling package. Um, and all the manual Camaros you get, you know, what, like a 425 horsepower, um, LT one now. And even when they first came out, you could get a, a 415 horsepower LS three, you know, back in 2010, that was, that was pretty big news. Um, you know, and, and, uh, the Ford Mustang had just started coming out with their five liter V8. So I think their first year for the five liter was 2011, yeah. right? Because the 2010 model still had the 4.6 liter V8, I'm even with sure. the new body style. I'm pretty sure. Cause I know the, I think in the 13 or 14 is when they introduced the Z28 for the Camaro. Yep. And that was, I'm pretty sure the, the Z28 seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. The 505 LS7. horsepower, seven liter. Same thing as a Corvette. Yep. <laughs> Magnetic ride suspension, big brakes, huge tires. I think they had like three Oh fives in the front or maybe three Oh fives in the back and two eighty fives in the front. Some, some ridiculous. ridiculous tire size for the day. Um, and now it like seems like normal. If you don't have 300 millimeters in on your rear tires, then it's not even worth talking about. Yeah, no. And that's just where, that's where I like them. Started to like Camaros again, because it's like, all right, they're getting their, they're getting yeah, their muscle yeah. back. Now you have to keep in mind, a lot of those still have the displacement on demand system they on do. their 6.2. So you really have to worry about that. That's a very expensive mm. fix. Now, 
Fun fact, if you just take everything off, um, you can just put the uh, oil galley plate off of a 4.8 on a lot of those LS engines mm-hmm. um, and just block off the DOD system entirely. Yep. Um, a lot of people are doing that now too. Change but, the but ultimately, and everything. I think if we go ahead and wrap up the Camaro, I say to drive. SS are better yeah, to yeah, drive. Yeah, V8. <laughs> V8 is to drive. You know, skip the six and Three, go, six, go just straight get for a the V8. Door. Don't just worry about the two-liter turbo unless you're leasing it as just a little fun toy. But if you're going to keep it, get the V8 because it's going to treat you better over the long run and definitely to drive. You get kind of the best of all worlds. It's kind of like when the GTO came out in 2004 mm-hmm. uh, and, then even, and it got better in 2005. V8 reasonable rear seat, decent enough trunk space, you know, independent rear suspension, decent drivability, plenty of, you know, plenty of interior room, um, and, and, a, and a reliable V8. package. Yeah, you you got to get the V8. Exactly. Exactly. So the Chevy Camaro, if you get a V8, absolutely on the two drive radar. I agree. hundred percent. All right. Up, but but oh, get a ZL1. Yeah, if you can afford a ZL1, a ZL1, just get a ZL1. Now, that's a different animal altogether. That comes with a, a supercharged 6.2 LT4. Yeah. That's 650 horsepower, man. It's We're ridiculous. Talking, talking big, big boy status stuff there. And if you don't want that, get the Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> See, just uh, that jumps up. Yeah. The, if you the, can get the Corvette. There's always a taller ladder somewhere. There's always more rungs. Where I said it, you know, I, I'm one of those. If I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to spend the money. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Up next, uh, Chrysler, Town & Country, and Dodge Grand Caravan. Oh, man. Oh. What do you think? See a lot of them. Yeah. Start off by saying that. Mm -hmm. I think they, for what they are, there's some of them very nice, top-tier models. Um, They have some nice power to them. You know, if if you got to change lanes and get to soccer practice, you're going to change lanes and get to soccer practice. That's for sure. (laughs) Now, from the the mechanical side, that's kind of a a different story. Mm -hmm. I would agree in most respects. Now, we do have to split this up because the Grand Caravan and Town & Country, you know, you've got two different generations of them, Mm -hmm. uh, primary different, you know, iterations. You have the generation that were a little bit older, you know, the the more smooth, rounded body style that came with a 3.8 liter. Mm -hmm. And you have the newer, boxier body style that comes with a 3.6 liter. And you'd think that they would have improved on what they had made, but in my opinion, they haven't. I'm not a big fan of the 3.6 liters. Now, I think that they look decent. They, like you said, they drive pretty well when they're in good shape. They have plenty of power, and they make very good use of their interior space. You know, the stow-and-go seating is oh, huge yeah. on them. Um, all of that stuff really serves a wonderful purpose. Mechanically, they have the potential to be an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I mean nightmare. We had a lady um, that had a head gasket failure. Her engine overheated and needed to be replaced. 2,500 miles later, the input shaft on the transmission snapped. Yep. Blew debris everywhere. So, I mean, the, it exploded the torque converter and everything. It was ruined. Um, so, an engine and a transmission failure. And the car only had 88,000 miles on it. Yeah. Um, not only that, if, if you can keep from the entire engine imploding, you're going to have thermostats fail all the time. You're going to have mm. leak detection pumps yep. fail all the time. It's just um, not huge. Yeah. No, those are inexpensive relatively. But if you are one of the unlucky people to have the cylinder head issues with the, the valves yeah, it's not cheap. Um, on the backside of the cylinder head, that was very, very common. A lot of it was warranted, but not all of it was. And then we get into suspensions. You got struts that fail pretty frequently. Yeah. You got shocks that fail pretty frequently. And wheel wh- bearings, eh. Whatever, whatever, for, for whatever reason, if a strut blows in a lot of other cars, you don't, 
hear it in certain aspects because it's got like nice soft upper mounts in that van the upper mounts are so solid that when it blows a strut you feel like the earth is collapsing beneath you and i think most of them it's like a half a day job to put front struts on that thing oh yeah they're a nightmare with the way the wishbones are set up they're a nightmare now the older models the 3.8 liters mm-hmm. now i will say all of these vans rust out from beneath you they, they just do, they do. It, it, especially here around cincinnati the older vans you'll see Every single one, point out one that's not, where the whole rocker panel on the bottom is completely rotted away, in some cases gone. We actually have to be very, very careful with where we lift those things on yes. the two posts. We have to put it up on the subframes. We can't use the pinch wells mm-hmm. after like 10 years because they're just gone. <laughs> yep. Um, and the new ones, water leaks into the rear hatch, yep. and it'll rust out around where the handle for the rear hatch is. And the latches will rust out. Yep, I yeah, the latches run out. You have a couple of door failures here and there, but that's any sliding door. Hondas are really, really notorious for that roller failure. Yeah. Um, rear rear AC lines. Yeah. Rear AC lines on the newer ones are really, really big. Um, but if I were to get a grand caravan, if I had to buy, you know, if I had a time machine and I had to buy an older one with a 3.8 or a newer one with a 3.6, I would definitely take the older one. I think they're overall more reliable because it was a simpler design. They didn't have as many advancements on it for efficiency. And that 3.8 liter was a pretty stout engine. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd overheat every now and again because you'd have coolant leaks at the heater hoses, the radiators would blow out them every now and again, like on any other car. Yep. But I have seen a lot of those 3.8 liters be driven overheated for like 200 oh, yeah. miles. <laughs> and then you, you throw some coolant in them and they're fine. The 3.6 liter just it doesn't seem to be that durable. Not at all. Yeah. So to wrap up, I think the 3.8 liter Grand Caravan mm-hmm. to drive. And okay. I actually like how they drive. They're very soft. They go over bumps very well. They had, you know, wheel and tire packages on them that actually offered some substantial sidewall. And I actually like how those old vans drive. Very, very comfortable seats, too. And they're just, you know, for what you need, the older ones, if you don't get the one with all the bells and whistles and you just need a minivan for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're perfect for it. Yep. But the newer ones, they're just so expensive to maintain and the likelihood of very significant failure out of mm. primary components is so prevalent that I would not recommend my grandmother or mother to buy one. So mm. I'm going to have to place that more recent Same generation one. as not to drive. Yeah. I would choose a Toyota or a Honda minivan over yeah. all day, every day. And I know we always say that, but that's the other hard part is these things in some instances are literally half the price yeah. of a Honda or a Toyota. And for good reason, Yeah, for good yeah. reason. I'd, I'd pick an Odyssey all day. That's just me. Yeah. If I'm you, driving a minivan. You know what I really do like? It'd be a really fun, uh, not as a minivan to haul people around in, but as something that you could convert to like a camper van, mm. a Transit 250 or those oh, new yeah. Ram Promasters. Oh, but the Transit yeah. 250 means six feet in the back, floor to ceiling. You can just stand right up if you're as tall as we are. Oh, and they put the EcoBoost <laughs> in them. Some of them, yeah. too. They have the 3.5 yeah. liter. You can yep. do burnouts and, and not, camping. Not the little one. Not the little one. The Transit 250 yeah. that has the bigger bed. So. That's yeah, a van. We can do burnouts and camping. That's a van. You know what I took my driver's <laughs> test in? What did you? A 1990 GMC Van 20. Oh, wow. Not the Astro, the full-size the G- conversion G20? van. Well, they, they're just called the GMC Van 20. I, I think the that, body that's all iteration was, was a G20 but, but yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think, I think something like that. Um, but yeah, I think they, they called it a G1500. But it had a 5.7 liter V8 under the doghouse. It had the pl- the blue crushed velvet seats. Yeah, yeah, it G20. looked just it looked yep. just like that. The yep. G20 van. <laughs> You're right, just like that. It had they have the, the K um, bodies and the GB and all the different iterations. <laughs> and yeah. Yep. So I passed my driver's test in that. 
I'm kind of um, impressed. And it had, it had like um, the little blue crush velvet blinds that you could oh, pull wow. for the fold down bed in the back and all sorts of stuff. I miss that van. That's yeah. Honestly, if, if, I could, if I could have one of those back, I would still drive one of those things to this day. Yeah. I know it'd be a lot of work to get it back up into good running order to actually take it anywhere, but I don't think I've ever ridden in anything that's more comfortable than one of those. Yeah, no, I think that I just see a video for a, a new G20 rendition. Oh, <laughs> it's got like a newer GMC front end on it. There you go. I could dig it. The little stub nose ones yep. with the big toe mirrors on <laughs> yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yep, not bad at all. All right, guys. Well, I guess that wraps up uh, this episode. It's driver not to drive the cars we love and the cars we don't. Um, I guess we'll just catch up with you guys next episode. Thanks yeah. so much. Make sure to leave us a review. Um, you know, always download our podcast. We appreciate that that and the support very much. Yeah. See you. Bye.